Blog Talk Radio. Listen, for those of you that are going through, for those of us that are waiting on His promise, understand God has not forgotten you. When times get tough, you've got to look up to heaven and encourage yourself and say, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Uh, Brian, I hope you got your uh, feet up fastened with your helmet on, your shoulder pads on, and you might need to put a mouthpiece in because tonight we're going full speed. Yes, sir, Greg. We are going to tackle the question of men versus relationship. And I tell you, we're going to have a wonderful time tonight. we got an awesome man of God that's going to bless us with some great, awesome, and prophetic information. You know, Greg, I want to start off like we've been doing in the past couple of months by getting people to remember the nation of Haiti. You know, they went through a traumatic and devastating event a few months ago, and many people have lost sight of what happened to those uh, individuals and that collective nation. So I want you to remember to put your thoughts, your prayers, your finances, uh, put them in mind when you uh, put Haiti in mind when you get ready to organize those things, when you get ready to do those things, when you get ready to pray, pray for the nation of Haiti, when you get ready to put some money in, in, in somebody else's hand. Think about the nation of Haiti. Yes, sir. You know, yes, sir. but yeah, we're gonna have a great time tonight. We got an awesome man of God, and you know, I am just ready to introduce him because I'm ready to hear what he has to say. Because I know yeah, it's not, good. Yeah. yeah, we're not gonna waste any more time. We getting down. We get we. Boy, people got Brian. They got to wake up. We're gonna have fun. I can't. I can't talk right now, but we're gonna have fun. <laughs> All right, well, let's go and bring him in because I know he's ready. Tonight we have special guest and CEO, Dr. Donald Morton. And, Doctor, just come on, just talk to us. <laughs> I can't even introduce you. I'm just ready to talk. <laughs> Tell us about men versus relationships. Well, man, uh, first let me uh, let me thank, of course, uh, both you guys for allowing me to come on. Uh, you know, I've been uh, given an assignment by God to kind of deal with the hard topics you know, uh, what we call in our church the authentic things. And so uh, this this whole idea of manhood and, and relationships and what's uh, necessary to be successful in it is oftentimes uh, misread and misunderstood. So I'm excited to be on, on the broadcast with you guys. I'm on time. Brian, I'm yes, on sir. time. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm excited uh, to, to deal with it. We were talking uh, earlier about whether or not um, sisters are really ready to be with a, and, and, and I'll fix the term a little later, but ready to be with a real man. Most sisters uh, say they are and, and want one, but really don't know what to do with one once they get it because uh, a real man is not moldable. Uh, he is not shapeable. Uh he's instructionable, but he's not, you know, he's not able to be molded into something that a sister wants him to be. And oftentimes a sister who thinks uh she has a brother because uh she can mold him and shape him into something that she wants him to be, uh you will find that 99% of the time she after she has molded him grows disinterested in him and disrespects him because she really doesn't want a brother that she can mold. Mm. Mm. Wow. Wow. You know what, and you jumped right in on it. Um, and, and what about the women? Do you think that a lot of them just aren't prepared for a man? Uh, a lot of them aren't prepared for marriage. Because I've heard a lot of people say, I had to be strong for all these years, and now you're asking me to take the back seat. Yeah, and, and truthfully, uh, man, I don't think that uh, we as men are really asking them to take a back seat. Um, 
but we are asking them to relinquish uh, the responsibility that they have had for all of these years. Uh, you, you know, when you come in contact with a brother who is who is a genuine man and he handles his business all day long, uh, then there's really no need for a sister to have that responsibility. Uh, uh, years ago, there was a brother who made a prophetic statement. It was very profound, very simplistic, but very profound, that when, in fact, a sister uh, has a real man, when responsibilities for the household come, she can duck. You follow me? In other words, uh, she really can uh, feel comfortable in allowing a brother who is a real man to take ownership and responsibility for, for the family unit. And there are different roles and responsibilities that a male, a female, and children have in the family. And I think once... Uh, sisters grow comfortable. Now, now let me say this. Uh, what has what is defined as a real man has been misrepresented too. Uh, simply because a brother is six foot four, he's got curly hair and he's got nice eyes. Uh, he may be easy on the eyes, but if he plays PlayStation all day and he doesn't have a job that he's willing to go to and he's not willing to protect his family and be the priest of his home, then you have a male, but you don't have a man. Because the scripture says that a man, uh, his head first is Christ, and he is defined as a brother who owns responsibility uh, without having to be instructed to do so. So when a brother enters a relationship, it's amazing to me uh, how, uh, and this this is going to rub a lot of sisters the wrong way, but it's really the truth. If you are dating a brother and you are asking him to pay his pay your bills, buy your children's stuff, but he can't tell them what to do and he can't correct them, then you probably should find yourself a brother uh, who's a sugar daddy and not a man because a man is not going to enter a home and not produce order in that home. Uh, and so if you want an ATM, get an ATM. But a man is a brother who wants not he'll, – he'll finance your dream. But he also wants to be a part of an orderly household where he's not just going to let children run all over the place. Uh, it's, it's funny because a brother, once a brother gets saved and gets his life right and he's strong, he'll, he'll make sure everything is in order and almost to the extreme. Uh, so I think that sisters have to be willing to embrace a real man when she gets him and not run him off with a behavior that suggests she don't even need him. Because if he's not needed, he will find a place where he is. Amen, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I have a question because I'm sure this is going to come up, and it, it probably already is popping into my. Yep, it's it's come up already. <laughs> what do you mean about a man is not moldable? A man's not moldable. A, a man, a true man, uh, uh, first of all, his responsibility and response is to his creator. Uh, uh, most times, sisters get a brother and feel like, you know, if, if I can just shape him, if I can mold him, uh, and you, you're attempting to mother a man uh, instead of letting a man be a man. A brother is not a real dude is not really interested in uh, you making him what you need to make him. And here's the, here's the important part of that. Um, most times, because relationships don't really last, brothers, uh, for a very long time until marriage, and even we know the statistics with respect to marriage now, imagine how confused uh, men would be if we had to be molded toward every relationship we've ever been in. That, that's a confused brother. Either you accept me for the dude I am or you don't accept me at all because I'm not going to spend my entire life and existence trying to become what you need me to become when I don't even know whether you're going to be around in six months. And I see they, they don't like to hear that. <laughs> but because, because I mean, we're real talking tonight, a part of uh, what they have to be able to embrace is what you see is what you get. 
And if what I am is not enough for you and you're trying to make me something other than what I am, then I'm going to grow dissatisfied with who I've become. And I'm going to take it all. I'm going to take it out on you because I really never wanted to be that anyway. I was absolutely satisfied in being the brother I was before I met you. Mm-hmm. Let me ask this question, Pastor. So, when you when you engage in these particular relationships, and we're not, and we're talking aside from marriage, yes. But when you engage in these particular relationships, and you're not focused on becoming married what does that normally do to brothers because you know I've, I've talked to a lot of brothers that say that you know if the woman would just act right mm-hmm. you know then they would consider marrying them mm-hmm. you know and so what does that do for a brother when he's when he's looking for that wife but that wife is too busy trying to make him into the husband she that she thinks she wants Versus allowing him to be who he is. Well, I think we have to be, I think in relationships, guys, we got to be honest from the very beginning. What I mean by that is, uh, if I present myself in truth to be the person I am, and you don't like who I am, then kick rocks. I mean, for real, just, just kick rocks. Go to the next brother who is a little closer to what you want. Because at the moment you try to mold me, you are proving to me you don't want me. Wow. Now, there's somebody that you do want. It's just not me. And I'm good with that. But, but don't, don't play games with me by trying to create this image of a brother that you want because that brother that you want is out there somewhere. Now, let me tell you the problem with it. If you make a fabricated man out of me with respect to what you want me to be, when the genuine man comes along that is already that, you're going to choose him. Your heart's going to be with him because that's who you wanted all the time. Now I'm left to be the brother you made and am at far distance from the brother I was and got to find a bunch of time to recuperate. So that's why brothers just decide I'm going to be who I am, not either a real man, either you okay with who I am or you're not. And if you're not, it's good. I'm good with that. But just go ahead about your business to try to find the dude that is more suitable to who you would spend your time with. And every sister has that right. Every sister has a right to determine what her standard is, what kind of brother she wants to be with, how much money he makes, what kind of education he has. She has every right to do that. But if I'm not that, don't engage me. Because I'm not willing to make adjustments just for you when I don't know whether or not you're going to be around. Wow. I you mean, does that I, make sense? Yes, it does. That makes perfect sense. sense. Yeah. And it leads right into my question about the play-play marriage. Okay. The the couple that lived together 10, 15 years, and they, they've been together for a really long time, but he won't marry her. And they have, and they've become comfortable with each other. And he can't leave, and she won't leave, and and they they're pretty much not together. But they they're living together, and things are just not going like it should. They're not going to church, and and not saying that going to church is going to make everything right. But the fact that they're playing married. What's your thoughts on that brother that's that's living with this woman and? And and he's pretty much taken over the household, and he and the house is just a mess, basically, along with the relationship. Well, two two things sisters have to understand, and, and brothers. I mean, because we're we're brothers, we know this is is the truth. Um, I, I now now you're gonna get a lot of. <laughs> You guys may even cringe at what I'm about to say. Just just let me finish my statement before y'all hang up on me. Just, just listen to this. A man with one woman is not natural. Okay. A man, <laughs> I know. A man with one woman is not natural. It's never been natural. A man with one woman is supernatural. And it takes uh it takes the presence and a commitment to God and his word to be faithful to one woman. 
Absolutely. That's why yeah, scripturally, you know, uh, brothers uh, in the Bible had far more than one woman. Solomon was just wild with his. You know what I'm saying? And so David struggled with it because it's not natural. It's supernatural to be with one woman. And truthfully, I think you guys would agree, when I find the woman that's for me, if she makes a demand on me to commit or be done, I'll commit. If she never makes the demand and never sets any time frame, if she never has a conversation with me about what her standards and rules are, then I'll continue to play the game for as long as she allows me to play the game with no commitment. There was a sister that asked me a question one time uh, where she said, Pastor, he, he, you know, he won't, it's, it's like he won't commit to me. He won't, you know, he won't marry me. And I said to him, well, have you, have you asked him? Have you had the conversation? She said, well, no, sir, because I don't want to run him off. And I said this, a real man won't run off at rules. He'll obey him. Here's how I know. Uh, I don't know what you guys' sport of choice is. Uh, mine is basketball. I love basketball. And we will, <laughs> we become uh, very serious about the rules of the game. Now, we can be watching the NBA championships, right, and uh, we see somebody take three steps instead of two, and we're up out our seats. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's what, he walked. He walked. We're arguing. With, we ain't even there. We don't have any say-so with it. But we'll argue because we're, we really are about rules. We like rules. Now, when you don't give us rules, it shows us what kind of woman you are. You're a woman without standard. And if you're a woman without standard, then we'll treat you like a woman without standard. We'll stay with you for as long as we need to stay with you. Uh, and if you never give us a standard, a rule, a time, then we'll continue to play it. Now, here's the deal. If you give me a time and I won't submit to it and you decide that you walk out and I let you, I was really never with you. True. In my mind, you were not marriage material. You were my plaything. And that's where you get, Greg, when you say the woman, the women, we, we play in house. That, that's exactly what we're doing. We're playing house because when, in fact, a woman says to us, Hey, listen, either you marry me or I'm out. If it's the woman I really want to be with, I'll say, okay, baby, I hear you. Let, let's do what we need to do. I won't let her go. The woman that I never planned to marry anyway, she can, she can go on about her business, and I'll get another one to replace her to do the exact same thing that I just did with her until I identify the sister that is for me, and then the game is over. Everything is shut down. I don't need to talk with no other sisters. I ain't interested in no other sisters. This is the woman for me, and I will go through hell and high water to make sure that this sister stays with me. And let me ask you this. I, I want to I I say this because I think, and I want you to talk about it too, I think a lot of women don't realize that a man can, can figure out early in the relationship if this is the woman for him. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Yeah, and especially when you have a woman that that's doing everything she can to keep him, but she's using her body to do it. That I right. think that is the biggest mistake that a woman can make because you can't control a man in the bedroom with the bedroom. That's right. And when and, and by trying to do that, you're sending the wrong signal to him. He's thinking if you're doing this to me, what did you do with the other that's man right. that you had? That's and right. And the game in the relationship is over right then. And a lot of people don't believe that, but that man knows. He may not say anything. He may string you along, but it is over. Absolutely. And I want to talk about it. Yeah. Absolutely. Brian, you got something to say about that? I do. Oh, no, I'm in total agreement because I've told, like, uh, female friends in the past, I would tell them, because they'd come and, you know, they'd ask me about my friends. And I'll, and I'll just say, you know, I'm not going to tell you exactly what to do. I'm just going to tell you that if you are smart, you will watch the signals. Absolutely. And you won't play games. If you want this person to be with you, 
then you won't play games in a relationship. You know, Absolutely. and a lot of times what they'll say was, well, I did this for him and I did that for him, and I said, so what are you trying to gain by just giving him gifts or favors, you know? Absolutely. So you're absolutely right, Greg. But, Pastor, talk about that. Well, I, I think uh, uh, I think women play vagina games. Mm. Uh, they're, 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 and the vagina games never work on us. And the reason why vagina games never work on us is because to us, and they, and I, I know every now, – now this – what time is it? It's nighttime, so all the young people should be in bed. We're going to talk for real. A, a part of what has to happen is sisters have to realize that to a brother, uh, I know every sister thinks their their stuff is better than the next chick, and I'm going to control uh, this man with vagina games. The truth of the matter is that women outnumber men so much that we can get vagina anywhere. We can't get a quality woman anywhere, but we can get vagina anywhere. So what that then means is, uh, a sister ought to withhold that. Now, 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 there's a timing for that, and of course, as a pastor, I'm obligated to say that you know you should not have sex and lay down with a brother before marriage, right? And that's right. At the same time, uh, you should not lay down with a brother that has not had any level of commitment to you, and the level of commitment to you should not and cannot be. Uh, just the fact that he bought you a Gucci purse. Because, I mean, it has to be more than that. A brother is looking for a sister that has the qualities that he can spend his life with. And if he does not have that, because, again, he can get vagina anywhere. Let me tell you this. Most women don't believe this, but it's the truth. A man can lay down with a sister get up from her, go lay down with another sister, get up from her, go lay down with another sister, and sleep with a bunch of sisters in the same night and have no conscience. Because it's not emotional for us. It's physical for us. Okay? So what that then means is you're trying to control him with something that he can, that, that has no connection with him. When a sister gets in a brother's heart and mind, that's why for every sister who is counting a man's condoms to determine whether he's cheating, that's the wrong thing to count. Find out who he's spending his, his intellectual time with. That's the sister you better pay attention to. Because what everybody misses, everybody thinks we're just physical. We're more than just, we're more than physical. We're much more than physical. We love a sister we can converse with. We can uh, that that's more than prissy that we can talk about sports with, but most importantly, we can introduce to our mothers, and our mothers are not going to say, "Well, I just I just saw you with another brother." <laughs> See, mom going to tell us. Oh uh yeah, -huh. And if mom ain't comfortable, we ain't comfortable. Absolutely. You follow me? So I think sisters have to come to a realization that uh, men are more than this simple, physical creature who is only interested in sex. Most brothers, I think you guys would agree, uh, everybody says the number one issue for a man is sex. That is not true. The no. number one right. issue for a man is respect. And when you respect him... Uh, he'll do whatever he needs to do for you. And that is the reason, guys, this is where we need to talk. That is the reason why sisters ain't ready for a real man because they haven't found a place to respect him. And when we feel disrespected, you talking to us any kind of way, you out in public, you clowning us, you talk, uh, no, we, we, a real man ain't going to put up with that. Now, a brother who's just punking it, he'll put up with that. Yeah, but a real dude say, hey, 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 don't, don't ever disrespect me like that. And you think that you can give me sex to make up for it? Sex don't make up for that. I can get that. I need a sister who can respect me, and who has my back in a difficult time. And that's why relationships aren't lasting. Lasting. I will tell you that most sisters run out on a man when the money runs out on a man. 
Real talk. Real talk. Real talk. You know, what about, now, here's, here's the other thing. Now, we, and we're talking about real men, but I, I want to bring a focus, because we're talking about men in general as well. Yes, sir. About the brothers that these, that, how do, how do I want to say this? About these brothers that decide that they're not going to work, that they're just going to lay up in the house and let the woman earn the money. And, you know, and, and these women, they love these men. I don't understand it. They love these type of men. It's almost like it's that man is the son that they never had, and they got, you know, they get to have pleasure with him as well as take care of him and raise him, you know. And that's something I, I can't figure out. I, I can't understand that. Okay, let me help you. Most women, I, I want to see if you guys agree with me, most women have been trained to stand by and support the mediocre. What that means is uh, a, a woman sometimes finds her value uh, because she can be noted as a woman who stands by a brother who don't have a job. He ain't doing it, but he, but he trying, you know, and, and I was with him through thick and thin. He ain't had no job, he ain't had no clothes, he ain't had no money, he ain't have any of that. So they found they find their value in standing by that kind of man. So because they were trained by that for or for that by mama and them, grandmama and them, who had to stand beside and behind a brother who had difficult times during the Great Depression and things of that nature when there was tremendous job loss, so on and so forth. Uh, guys were home and all that, and they were trained, and they passed down that information to the young sisters today who have misinterpreted uh, the Great Depression for a present-day situation where a brother just won't work. So she thinks that they're the same. She thinks that what her grandmother had to do with her grandfather in the Great Depression is the equivalent of for what she's doing for this brother who is simply a Bama and don't want to work. So now, the problem with that is that sisters have not been trained to stand beside a man who's great. A man who's great has a totally separate group of issues. He works too much. Right, Brian? That's what you just said. <laughs> right? Because when you're, when you're called to greatness, the challenge that our women have, every one of us brothers that are on this line, they struggle to look for time with us. Yeah. You understand? They're like, oh, okay, baby, I, I know you got work to do. I know you got to handle your business, but, but you know, I, I need you to be here for me. Or, baby, I know you got to go out and you got to handle your business. When you come home, a meal will be ready. When you come home, a bath will be ready. When you come home, I'll massage your temples. I'll let you lay in my lap and just kind of relax. I know you may not want to talk right now, so I'll give you some space. See, that's the issues of a great man. And what's happening is most sisters are not being trained to stand be beside that kind of dude. They are far more comfortable in being able to stand in the superior position to provide for a man than they are to minister and, and stand beside a brother who has a different set of issues because now it challenges her independency. So she can't see herself running a bath for a man. I ain't running no bath. He run his own bath. He cook his own meal. See, oh, oh, you're not ready, sis. <laughs> you, you're not ready because a man who's great ain't going to tolerate that. Yeah. Does, does that yeah, make yeah, sense? Yeah. That is, he ain't going to tolerate sure. that. He's yeah, not going to tolerate that. Uh, Pastor, you know, you may. Oh, go I, ahead. I'm sorry. Ask this really, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I want to make sure I heard what you said about the women. Did you say the women are not being trained? Oh, absolutely. And that's biblical. The Bible says the older women should train younger women how to love their husbands, how to love their children. You would think that uh, motherhood and being a wife is automatic, and it's not. They have to be trained to do that. That's why you have sisters who can have a baby and put a baby in a dumpster because they've not been trained. They've not been trained. Frederick Douglass made a statement years ago where he said it's amazing uh, how we have we are civil engineers, we are lawyers as African American people. We are 
uh, we are nurses and doctors, such and such, but we've still not been defined as human because sometimes we can have roles, but we, we're not human enough to function in those roles. And what that means is that sisters have to be willing to sit down and listen to a group of people or women who have been there and done that and shut their mouths and be trained by somebody who knows. How in the world is it that you have never been married, but you got all of the information and how-tos of being married, and you've never been married? And the reason why you've not been married is because you don't cook. Now, now I know there are a lot of sisters who say, well, uh, that's such an archaic view of things, and you try trying to take us back to the 20s. Well, with some things, you need to go back to the 20s. When sisters cooked, they mad at me now. Sisters cooked, they cleaned, they took care of their money, their men. They spoke words of life into the brothers. The brothers that they were with were the most important entity to them. Now you got sisters who can't who can't fry a piece of chicken. They they can't make breakfast. They ain't cleaning the house. The house is filthy. And wherever a man lays his head will determine how he will dream. If he lays his head in a dirty house, he's got cluttered thoughts. Wow. And I don't think it is necessary for a man who is working and taking care of all the bills and his wife is home, how in the world does he have a a housekeeper (laughs) and a nanny and all of this craziness? There is a... the woman is a nurturer, and she is also a businesswoman. So for every woman who says, well, I work just like he works, look at Proverbs 31. She was a working woman, but she still took care of her home and her husband. And unless you're prepared to do that, you're not ready to be married. Because it's wrong to marry a man under the premise that you're going to be a wife, and then once you say, I do, you don't. Wow, that's so true. And we have a the, the lines are blowing up, Pastor. I think they 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 all heard you say the train word and not be. <laughs> I, I think, I, we all might be in trouble here. But I want to say this: What about the women? And we're not bashing the women. These, this, we're just men, and we're talking from our perspective. So Absolutely. this show is not designed for that. And uh, the callers, hold on, we're going to get to you in just a few minutes. But this is the question that we have, Brian and I. We talk about this all the time. There are a lot of women out there that try to take on the responsibility of the role of a man as head of household or or head of the house. And you said it brilliantly as as far as as being where they lay their head and how they're dreaming. But if you have a woman that's tearing you down every chance that she gets, that won't work. Why are you doing this? And that, you know, you're wasting your time doing that. Again, that relationship, when you do that, you can only do that so many times. That's because right. It's over. You can, That's I, right. I don't care what you say. You, you, it's, it's hard to repair that once you beat a man down with words and you don't have his back and you're not pushing him uh, to where uh, he needs to be. Mm-hmm. That's absolute, so that's absolutely would, right. Yeah, if you would, talk about that. That's absolutely right. Uh, remember now, uh, I'm going to say something. I just got this just now. Remember now, Adam is brought forth with words. Who he has created and everything he does happens with words. God makes a man's body, but then the Bible says he breathes into his nostrils the breath of life, breath of life, and man becomes a living soul. He becomes a living soul or creature when God says man be because words will make a man do what he needs to do. When you encourage him. That's why the Bible says, remember the Bible says Jesus is baptized, and the scripture says that uh, before Jesus does any miracles, when his father says, this is my son and I'm pleased, Jesus now does every miracle after he's affirmed. That's why you have Lazarus who is in a tomb. But when Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth, the words bring out of him what was already in him. The life of every man will connect with the words of his wife. And that's why when, when I'm ministering the word of God on a Sunday morning, uh, 
if everybody has received the word and I come home and or and I talk with my lady by phone and uh she was there and, and heard the word, if she says, Baby, good job, that's what I was waiting to hear. The multitudes can shout, Hosanna, but I'm listening for the voice of my woman. And when the voice of my woman encourages me, I'll leap over tall buildings in a single bound. And that's so <laughs> true. That's true. Yes, so, sir. Brian, go ahead. That's that is that's awesome. You know, I was just thinking. I, you, you're exactly right with that. You know, and it's and really it's all about the people that are closest to you. Yes. When they speak those words of encouragement, you know, I even liken it to um, when I deal with my children and my family. You know. I deal with kids all the time. You know, I have a lot of them at my church that I work with and, you know, kids in the neighborhood. I work with them. I do a lot of stuff. But when my children say, hey, Daddy, how you doing? I love you. Are you okay? Do you need something? And that just brings me joy. That's right. You know, when the wife calls me and when she can tell that I'm not having a great day and she says, hey, I just called to check on you, you know, that's a hundred times better than the supervisor saying go home for the rest of the day. That is exactly you know? right. Absolutely. You know, and but Pastor, here's my here's my other question. You know, let's let's look at this scenario, and you tell me what you think. You have a brother that is trying to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. He loves the woman that he's with. He knows that she's probably not the one he wants to marry because she's not where he needs her to be yet. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he's made this commitment to her. Um, how can I say? He's made a a social, financial commitment to her so that if he does not stay with her, it could financially ruin him. It could uh, socially ruin him. What does that brother do? Because he knows that this isn't the woman he really wants. But he really wants her to become the woman that he really wants. Well, I, I think uh, first uh, the obvious choice is brothers should never put themselves in that kind of situation. Uh, that, that's the obvious choice. Uh, but what I said earlier about a uh, a woman trying to train a man, uh, mm-hmm. I believe the same is the in the reverse. I don't believe a man should try to train a woman. Now, now, either she is what you need her to be or don't waste your time. Because if you really care for this sister, even if you don't expect to be with her long term, if you really care for that sister, you will let her go so that Boaz will show up. Mm-hmm. If being with her long term interrupts the advancement or the advent of Boaz, Boaz can show up all day, but if she's with a brother who never intends to be with her long-term anyway, she, he is interrupting her progress from finding who God has really a design for her life. And so every brother who is a man of integrity or character uh, should be uh, uh, compassionate enough to leave a sister alone who really he doesn't spend plan to spend the rest of his life with. There comes a time where brothers have to realize that, you know, you can't date any longer just to date. You're looking for a specific standard of woman. And if the sister that you date, some somebody, one of you guys said it earlier, and it's really true, uh, we know almost immediately whether or not we're going to be with you. And it's absolutely wrong to string a sister along with no intent and a sister should not allow us to string her along with no intent of commitment long term. Mm-hmm. I, well, I totally know, agree. That, yeah, that's so true. I think the women, they have this great way of persuading their men. They can persuade their men to buy them a car, take them shopping, take them out to the uh, best restaurants, take them on trips and cruises. They can talk them into all of that. They can persuade them to do all of that stuff. But they can't persuade that man to come in the church. Hmm. 
Pastor, what's the problem with that? How how is it that she's able to do to persuade them to do a lot of things, but that one particular thing they are you know, you hear women say all the time, I want a godly man. They 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 really don't though, Greg. They they want a thug man. Mm. And they hope he's godly. Wow. <laughs> they they really want a thug. They just hope he's got some sense of God in him. Um and the problem with, and, and I say this as a pastor, the problem with uh, a sister being able to convince a brother to go to church is really not with the sister. And it's not even with her approach. It's with the church. Because I don't want to, if if I'm not a pastor, and, and, and Brian and Greg, you guys are both Christians, very rarely... Is the church, does the church have anything to do with us as men? Unless they're doing some men's day and we got to wash cars and we got to do all the maintenance around the church and we got to serve the women and all that. But there's very little ministry that goes forth for brothers. So we feel out of place. Like, okay, you're not even talking to me, Rev. All, all of your messages are around why this sister should leave me alone. But if you make me better, maybe she'll stay. Talk to me. Hmm. So most churches aren't. Most churches do not have strong men's ministries, and because of that, uh, most churches are eighty to eighty-five percent women. So brothers don't feel. They don't feel. I mean, they're not. He's not talking to me anyway. So I'm gonna spend my day with a bunch of guys who I have something in common with. Hearing from a commentator on TV who don't know me, but at least we speak the same language. We talking football, we talking basketball. I can do that rather than go to spend my time for two hours listening to a pastor belittle me because I'm a man and he's got to keep his congregation of women together. You just don't know how right you are on that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I even think about my own home church where we're trying to do more things with the men in the men's ministry because, you know, we are 75%, you know, women right. at our church, you know. Right. And we're trying to keep the men there and interested in being there, you know. It's, so it's more than just a, you know, you come on Sunday and maybe you show up on um, Bible study night. You know, we want to take it to the next level of, you know, let's fellowship, let's do this, hey, let's have a kickball game or, you know, right. something like, something that we can relate to, you right. know, because you're right, the the, the majority of the ministries are filled with women. Absolutely. You know, because women do social stuff together. Men, our social time is, hey, let's play some football, let's watch some football, let's play some basketball, let's watch some basketball. You know, it's like, Absolutely. if it wasn't for sports, men would, I don't know what else would men, men would do in their uh, leisure. You know. Absolutely. Absolutely right. And so a part of what we have to do is uh, uh, we're all familiar with the term carrot. Uh, so at our church, uh, once a month, we have what's called Men's Mondays. Men's Mondays are uh, times of fellowship with food, games, uh, but they can only get the food and the games if they hear the word. And uh-huh. we ask them to uh, – uh, we've got brothers – uh, that we have a book club with because men traditionally do not read. We do not like to read. So we ask them to read a book uh, a month. We ask them to be a part. Uh, the Bible says that uh, uh, Gideon had 300. So at our church we ask for, we're trying to get 100 brothers. Now we don't have 100 men at our church yet. Uh, but even uh, those at the meeting, we're trying to get 100 brothers committed to reading, committed to education, committed to uh, black history at our church, and uh, so that when Rev says from the pulpit the kind of man that a sister should be with and the kind of man that a sister should not be with, we resemble the man that she should be with. But okay. somebody's got to minister to us those things that are necessary for us to come up as men. If you're always talking to the sisters and bashing us, we don't want to be a part of that. And I don't know anybody uh, just not not just men. I don't know anybody that would want to be a part of that. Right, right. That's why we're not in church. We're not in church not because we're disinterested. 
We're in church because we're disengaged. And nobody's talking to us about the things that affect us as men. And at our church, I go after men intentionally more than I go after women. Our men's group is stronger than our women's group. Hmm. Pastor, let's talk about the, 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 the big thing. And I think a lot of people, they, they have it wrong. We people, Women say all the time that men are not communicators. Can you, can you speak on that? Yeah, we, we communicate all the time. We don't communicate on the frequency that women do. Um, here, here's how we know. Most times uh, when women say that we're not great communicators, uh, she's saying that we're not great communicators about the subject matter she wants us to be great communicators about. We don't, we, we don't enjoy talking about the latest prices uh, at the grocery store, girl. You know, greens went up 90 cents. We couldn't care less about that. That's just not our language. We don't care, uh, you know, the, the latest uh, dress that you're wearing. That, that's just not stuff that we care about. When you talk to us about things that are subject matters of passion for us, we'll talk all night. How do I know? How many, you, you can go in the barbershop right now. This is probably mm-hmm. about five days, six days old. But I can guarantee you say, hey, man, what do you think about LeBron? Brother, man, can you believe they did that? You know what I'm saying? We're going to talk for hours about the stuff we're passionate about. But yeah. if you try to engage us about stuff that we don't want anything to do with, then we won't talk to you. Now, here's the way we view it, and I think that um, you guys would agree. When you always want to talk to us about things you want to talk about, areas that you're passionate about, what you're saying to us is that you're not concerned with what we're concerned about. You're only concerned about what concerns you. And that's a very selfish, selfish place. That's why if women could ever get to the place where they are genuinely interested in our day, that's what Brian said earlier. Brian said, man, when my wife comes and she says, hey, babe, I'm checking on you. How are things going with you? See, that's genuine, right? Mm-hmm. We we will attach ourselves to that and we'll talk, babe, everything's good. I had this one client, you know, this happened, but, you know, it's all good. And then she encourages us and she says, well, well, baby, hang in there. Keep your head up. Do your thing. Uh, my lady says all the time, baby, do what you do. You understand? She'll text me uh, on Sunday morning, uh, and uh, she'll say, preach that word, baby. Call me when you're done. Let me know how well you did. And then I go out there and act like a crazy person preaching. <laughs> and the people people think I'm preaching to, to them. I ain't preaching. To, I'm preaching to my woman. She She's 75 miles away. <laughs> you understand? And so a part of it is, them being able to, for once, abandon the selfishness of themselves and identify what we like. Talk to us about that. We'll talk all day long. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, let me say this uh, real quick, Brian. I want to jump this in real quick. I have a, We have a ton of people listening in from Facebook and uh, some people in the chat room right now. But... You know, as men, we, we're, we're looked upon as strength. We're looked upon as the one that can take everything. And I think a lot of times people, a lot of women, they forget that we're human. Sometimes Absolutely. we get tired. We get weak. And if you catch a man at his weakest moment, and, and, and all women I think will probably see that if you're married to a man, I think you'll see at some point you're going to see your husband at his weakest point. The worst mistake that you can make is to use that weak moment against him. That's right. That's right. So how much can we take, Pastor, and how much should we have to stand for? Well, uh, here's how most of us that had fathers or uncles or brothers, here's how we grew up. Hey, uh, uh, why are you crying? Stop that crying. You understand? And, And so we spend all of our lives trying to, develop a mechanism to hold back tears and frailties. And it's the fragile parts of our lives that we really guard others from, the areas of weakness. We don't want anybody to know that we have areas of weakness. So a part of that is our fault because of upbringing. But then a part of that is because sisters want, just as you've eloquently said, once a sister identifies you have a weakness, if she clowns me about my weakness, 
I'll never expose it again. And I've got a mental note now that this is a sister who's not really for me. So now, uh, if I'm not careful, I'll develop an attitude that I'm going to get you back. And the reason, the way I'm going to get you back is I'm going to game you for the rest of our relationship. Every sister who has ever gamed her man with respect to mishandling his fragility, if you ever do that, be careful to think that you still have him. Because nine times out of ten you don't. We don't recover well from being clowned. Remember what we said earlier, that every man has to have respect. He has to be he has to have dignity. He must be respected. Even if he's not on top of his game, if he's having a bad day, if everybody else is against him, he's gotta have a resting place in his own kingdom where he feels like he is the man, where he's respected. So we're not going to tolerate that long. Now, we will stay, but we're still absent. There was a song years ago that your body's here with me. But your mind's on the other side of town. And that's why brothers get involved with sisters on the job on the job who understand his career and don't clown his career because she understands the pressure that he's under. Sir, is there anything I can do for you? I see that all these things are going on. That's why he ends up with his secretary because his secretary seemingly cares. And he's looking for someone who can share his pain. Then he comes home to a wife who's going to nag him and clown him about the things that are fragile to him. Every man has a fragile place in him that he tries to hide. And once he exposes it and you mishandle it, he'll never show it to you again. But he's after proving to you that he's not a fragile man. Hmm. You know, Pastor, I tell you, we, whew, boy, this has been a good show. <laughs> I've enjoyed if I can say that for myself, I've, I've really... I've just been, wow, we got some let's good go stuff. Lines, okay. let's, let's go to the phone line. Let's talk to the person in the 954 area code. Oh, they just hung up. They weren't ready to talk to us. All right. Let's try the 910 area code. 910. Oh, and they just hung up. They are not ready to talk, Greg. <laughs> Pastor, is it I, the fact that you're a real man? <laughs> I'm a real man, man. I can I back my. I think we might have spooked them, Greg. I think we might have <laughs> spooked them. You know, they they wanted to hear what we had to say, but they don't want to have anything to do with the comments. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Pastor. You know, I, l l let me say this uh, before we um, go forward. What should a woman look for in a man when that man shows up, and what should she not do? Good question, man. Uh, there are several stages of manhood, and uh, the one thing that a woman should should look for is that he not be Adam. Adam is immature. He's too immature to be in a relationship, and that's why he'll spend time with you and go spend time with somebody else. He's not ready to settle down, and you have to allow Adam to become ish. And every person after Ish, Ish is the relational kind. He's mature enough to handle a relationship. Most sisters mistake a brother who is full-grown on the outside to be a brother that's full-grown on the inside. And the worst thing that you can do is to marry a full-grown man on the outside, have a relationship with a full-grown man on the outside, and he be immature on the inside because he's not ready for a committed kind of relationship. Once you identify a man is mature, he's ready to handle his business, he's a working man, he's a dreaming man, he's a man full of potential. Once you identify that kind of brother, uh, the one thing that you don't ever want to do is what we said earlier, and that is damage who he is by the words of your mouth and by disrespecting him. Because if you do, uh, he's, he's trying to identify a place of respect, particularly African-American brothers who are disrespected every day in the workplace by our Caucasian counterparts. And, and I, I'm careful not to make this about black and white, but the truth of the matter is the truth of the matter. We're disrespected in the marketplace. So because we're disrespected in the marketplace, we have to have a place of peace. The other thing that, uh, to speak to that place of peace, the other thing that they must do is provide an environment that is comfortable for the brother to be in.
Most brothers don't spend time at home because they don't like home. It's the place that is supposed to be their kingdom, but they don't find any rest there. The Bible says that it's better to find your dwelling on a rooftop than it is to be in a home with a nagging woman. So when you have a sister who doesn't do anything but nag and complain and, you know, you're not buying me this and you're not doing this and, you know, such and such as husband has a Ph.D., you only got a high school diploma. See, when you do that and it doesn't become fun for him anymore or a place of peace for him anymore, then he will look for his peaceful place even if it's outside. Now, that doesn't always mean infidelity, but he can be unfaithful with someone other than a woman. He can be unfaithful with a pool table. And you never find the fact that he's in a relationship with you. He's in relationship with a place of peace. Most women have not yet understood and embraced the fact that their primary role in any relationship is to place, is to provide a safe place for a man to lay his head, a place of peace and respect and honor, and he'll do whatever he has to do. Yes, sir. And we have some folks back in the phone lines. I want to go to the 910 area code 910 you're on live hi how are you welcome hi this is lady loki i just want to say this is a great and very informative show thank you thank you i actually want to make a comment um was not more of a comment but just adding on but it was very um helpful what the pastor was saying about pretty much breaking down to a lot of females of how a male thinks and what he goes through and um, he kind of caught me all guard at first when I had first came in when I heard about the training part. <laughs> but <laughs> as I listened to it more, <laughs> I guess that's why they say it's better to listen before you speak. Because <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, train. <laughs> but, you know, um, with me, I'm a, I, I'm a at-home mom. I stay at home with my kids, but I also work from home. And so I take care of the house, you know, the home, cook, clean, um, still write books, go to school, um, trying to get my own business off the ground. So I, I try to do all that, but yet I still am there for my family. And I think that's very important. Um, and I, I, like you said earlier, a lot of females, they say that's going back to the 50s or 60s, staying home and, and running that bath water, which I have no problem doing that either. But um, a lot of times from a female point of view, it could be the same way um, as the pastor said about how a guy, uh, once you hit that sensitive spot, it changes him and you no longer have him. It um, goes both ways as right. well, right. and so um, it, it goes both ways with that situation. I totally agree. What about you, absolutely. Pastor? Yeah, I absolutely agree with what uh, Sis is saying. You know, it, it really does go both ways, and, and a lot of brothers have done a great disservice and injustice to a lot of women that they cared about uh, because they, they you know, uh, <laughs> for for a lot of women, um, once you, you know, you tackle or touch a place where you hurt them intentionally, uh, then it's difficult for them to recover. And even if they say they have, in the back of their mind, they remember you just hurt me and you did it intentionally. Uh, so, you know, it's difficult for them to recover from that. I agree with this. I actually have a question um, also, Pastor, if, if we have time. Um, you mentioned earlier about uh, the church where, uh, as far as the males, and a lot of churches, they have more females than males in the church. Yes, I particularly go to a church where there are more females, but the little bit of males that we do have are pretty much in control of the okay. church. Okay. But the same way how, um, how some male, like how you mentioned earlier, if there's not enough males in there, then you don't catch the attention. Uh, some of the females feel the same way as far as when there are guys that have all of the office in the churches. And so, um, with that being said, how how would you like as far as like I said, we have like four or five men out of thirty or forty females, okay. <laughs> but they okay. are in control. <laughs> okay. Well, that's probably uh, sis. That's probably a doctrinal thing. You know, there okay. there are there are pastors and leaders who believe uh, that uh, an all male leadership is is uh, scriptural. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't necessarily subscribe to that. Uh, but I do believe that men uh, should be in leadership positions. I absolutely believe in that. I don't believe that it. I don't believe that to the place that it excludes women from leadership roles. Uh, I believe women can uh, and have been in leadership roles even by default. So mm-hmm. I don't think that we can rob them of that. 
I, I do think that there has to be a balance with it all. And, of course, um, you know, if, if pastor or if the rule of, of the day with your church is that um, men hold office and women don't, mm-hmm. and if you don't agree with that, mm-hmm. then that that's probably something you need to pray and ask God about uh, where you could be at a church where you believe in the philosophy and theology of that ministry. Uh, because uh, I don't believe, I, I personally don't believe that women uh, should have no leadership role and responsibility in church. We have, uh, I don't know, probably nine elders, and I think we probably have uh, six and three, something like okay. that, uh, men to women in, in leadership roles. So that would be my answer to that. That's probably just the culture of that particular church. Okay. Well, thank you. Yes, ma'am. Good talking with you. Good talking to you, too. Thank you so much for calling in. Thank you. And, Pastor, it is actually time to go. Wow. <laughs> Too fast. I mean, Too fast. and it went by so fast. Yes, sir. We, we definitely have to get you back on. we got to do Relationships 3 because I tell you, man, this is so fun. <laughs> this is so much information. And My phone is blowing up right now, Brian. Text, messages, emails, everything. So. Well, let me let me yeah, do this, guys, if you'll, if you'll permit me. Yes, yeah, uh, sure, go right ahead. Uh, uh, anybody, uh, particularly if it's on Facebook, uh, hit me, send me a message on Facebook. I, I think I'm at uh, Facebook forward slash uh, Donald Morton. You can look for me, you know, and just send me a message. And if there are any further questions, they can reach me there. Or I'm sure you guys will get the questions to me if they hit you guys up on Facebook as well. Um, And I look forward to talking with them further. I have enjoyed myself thoroughly. I'm glad I was on time, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) we enjoyed you as we always do and i think uh one of my guests said uh, the get whether the listeners said that they really really liked the truth uh you spoke the truth it was something that a lot of men wouldn't say but you said it amen so so thank you amen amen thank you guys hey thank you for coming on pastor we really appreciate you we love you and love you too you're definitely gonna come back on the show Looking forward to it. Thank you, Pastor. With that being said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. We thank you for joining us tonight. And we ask that you join us again next week as we'll have another wonderful, informative, and exciting show. Good evening. I bless you all. Lord, I stand before you once again. I'm so glad that I know you understand. Everything I know how to do And as usual I end up crying out to you I try so hard to do my best But I don't feel like I'll make it through this case I can't remember feeling so much pain and my tears keep falling like the pouring rain. I try to force myself to wear a smile, but it's just not there. This pain I'm feeling deep inside my heart seems so unfair. It really feels like I won't make it through another day. So I stand before you with a broken heart. All I can say is, precious Lord, please. Do you know what I'm talking about? I bet. Please. Tell me to stand. Please help me now. See, I can't front, Lord, standing here today Cause I stumbled here and there
Yeah. 